Today's podcast of In Conversation with God on the Relevant Radio app is brought to you by ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter Publishers brings you the finest in Catholic spiritual reading. For more information, go to ScepterPublishers.org. Today's reading from In Conversation with God is for Sunday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time. The topic is the dignity of the human body. Part 1. The Resurrection of the Body as Declared by Jesus. The liturgy for this Sunday's Mass brings our attention to one of the truths of the faith listed in the Creed, the resurrection of the body and the reality of life everlasting. In the first reading, we find the mother and seven sons who preferred death to betraying God's law by eating swine's flesh. After having been tortured by the king's servants, the fourth son declared, One cannot but choose to die at the hands of men and to cherish the hope that God gives of being raised again by him. The Old Testament speaks in a number of places of the hope of resurrection. At the time of our Lord's life, most of the Jews believed in this truth, except the Sadducees, who also denied the immortality of the soul, the existence of angels, and the power of divine providence. In today's Gospel passage, we read how some Sadducees approached Jesus with the intention of tripping him up. According to the Leveret Law, if a man were to die without issue, then his brother would be under obligation to marry the widow and provide him with descendants. The Sadducees cunningly pose for Jesus a situation of this kind affecting a man with seven brothers. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. By means of this far-fetched dilemma, the Sadducees attempt to ridicule the doctrine of the resurrection of the body. Ignoring the patent absurdity of this problem, Jesus goes on to reaffirm the doctrine of the resurrection of the body. He reveals to us some of the characteristics of life after death. People neither marry nor are given in marriage because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. Jesus then argues from sacred scripture, using a quotation from Moses. In conclusion, our Lord tells the Sadducees, Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Moses called the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob all of whom were long dead by that time. The message is that these patriarchs were physically dead, but not spiritually dead. They lived on in God because of their immortal souls. They only awaited the resurrection of their bodies. The Sadducees were silenced. They no longer dared to ask him any question. We Christians profess in the creed our hope in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. 
The importance of this final article of the baptismal creed is obvious. It expresses the goal and purpose of God's plan, the unfolding of which is described in the creed. If there is no resurrection, the whole structure of faith collapses, as St. Paul states so forcefully. If the content of the words life everlasting is uncertain for Christians, the promises contained in the gospel and the meaning of creation and redemption disappear, and even earthly life itself must be said to be deprived of all hope. We have to remind ourselves of the crucial fact that our soul is immortal, that it will be united to our physical body at the end of time, that the union of our body and soul has an eternal destiny. Everything which we undertake in this life ought to be oriented to this momentous truth. In the words of St. Jose Maria, we belong to God completely soul and body, flesh and bones, all our senses and faculties. Part 2. Our body is destined to give glory to God once it is united with our soul. Sacred Scripture teaches us that death was not part of God's original plan for mankind. It is a consequence of the sin of our first parents. Through his resurrection, Christ demonstrated his power over death. God our Father, by raising Christ your Son, you conquered the power of death and opened for us the way to eternal life. So sings the church in the opening prayer for Easter. With his resurrection, Christ has robbed death of its sting. He has made his death an act of redemption. It is through him and with him and in him that our bodies will rise again on the last day. They will be united with our souls which, if we have been faithful, will have been giving glory to God since the time of our death, if there was no need for purification. To resurrect means to lift up something that has fallen down, to bring again to life that which was dead, to restore to life that which has succumbed to dust. The church has always taught that the resurrection of Christ is the foundation of our faith. She has also consistently believed in the resurrection of our physical bodies in which we live, subsist, and move. The soul will then be reunited with its proper body. The magisterium has stated quite precisely that men and women will be resurrected in their own physical bodies. Our meditation on these teachings may help us to grasp the great dignity of each person, a dignity which is distinct and superior to that of any other being in creation. Man not only has free will, but, in the words of St. Cyril of Jerusalem, he is the divine masterpiece, made in the image and likeness of his Creator, gifted with an immortal soul by divine gift. Man is superior to all other creatures because he can be a temple of the Holy Spirit, as long, that is, as he is in the state of grace. St. Paul insisted with the early Christians on the importance of this idea. 
Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? Our bodies are anything but some kind of prison for our souls. In the words of Monsignor Ronald Knox, We look forward, as St. Paul says, to the redemption of our bodies. They are not encumbrances which we drag about with us. They are first fruits of eternity entrusted to our keeping. The soul and body belong to one another in a natural relationship. God made the one for the other. St. Cyril exhorts us, Respect your body, since it is your good fortune to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do not stain your body, and if perchance you have stained it, purify it right away through penance. Clean it while you still have time. Part 3. Our divine filiation, which has commenced in the soul through grace, will be consummated by the glorification of the body. The exalted dignity of man was already present from the moment of creation. It acquired its full expression with the incarnation of the Word. Each and every man, in the words of St. John Paul II, has been included in the mystery of the redemption. And with each one, Christ has united himself forever through this mystery. Every man comes into the world through being conceived in his mother's womb and being born of his mother, and precisely on account of the mystery of the redemption is entrusted to the solicitude of the church. Her solicitude is about the whole man and is focused on him in an altogether special manner. The object of her care is man in his unique, unrepeatable human reality, which keeps intact the image and likeness of God himself. St. Thomas teaches that our divine filiation, commenced in the soul through grace, will be consummated by the glorification of the body. Just as our soul has been redeemed from sin, so too our body will be redeemed from the corruption of death. The angelic doctor goes on to cite the words of St. Paul to the Philippians. Our commonwealth is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power which enables him even to subject all things to himself. The Lord will transform our weak and corruptible bodies into a glorious state. We must never be lacking in respect for our body. Neither should we worship it as if it were our final abode. We have to exercise control over our body through mortification and penance, Otherwise, as St. Jose Maria tells us, it will turn traitor. Once again, we turn to St. Paul for guidance. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. St. John Paul II preached on this topic. Purity as the virtue, that is, the capacity of controlling one's body in holiness and honor, together with the gift of piety, as the fruit of the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in the temple of the body, brings about in the body 
such a fullness of dignity in interpersonal relations that God himself is thereby glorified. Purity is the glory of the human body before God. It is God's glory in the human body through which masculinity and femininity are manifested. Our Mother Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. She will remind us at every opportunity that our body has been created to give glory to God, both now here on earth and forevermore in heaven. In Conversation with God is based on a seven-book series of the same name. It is produced by Relevant Radio in an exclusive partnership with Scepter Publishers. For more information or to order your own copy of the book, log on to scepterpublishers.org. Scepter is spelled S-C-E-P-T-E-R. That's scepterpublishers.org. This podcast is protected under U.S. copyright laws and is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. To donate, click the Give button on this app right now or visit RelevantRadio.com. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we continue the conversation.